Yep, we're going to have some fun today. We're talking about the porn in your head. Hmm. You know the usual scenarios. The mysterious stranger, the threesome, meeting and making love to, well, never mind. All right, be brave, jump on your computer, and chime in on the conversation. Just send me an email at info at talkwithfrancesca.com. I love hearing your thoughts, and I will definitely write back to you. Got some great questions for this week's topic, so don't touch that dial. All right, Tanya Nye is the lucky winner of the book's psychotherapist Abby Rodman so generously donated last week, Should You Marry Him and Sexy Secrets to a Juicy Love Life. Congrats, Tanya. Enjoy. For the next three weeks, I'm going to be drawing a name to win the book, She, a celebration of greatness in every woman. All you have to do is sign up for my newsletter and like me on Facebook, and there will be three lucky winners three weeks in a row. This is really a beautiful book. It's really more of a piece of art, something you'd put on your coffee table. So jump on your computer now and do your thing. Okay, now, about doing your thing. Michael Gilbert, author of The Disposable Male, an award-winning book, is here with me now, and he's going to clue us in on why high-heeled shoes are so sexy, why the prevalence of rape fantasies, and why books like Fifty Shades of Grey are so popular. Thanks, Michael, for being with us today on Talk with Francesca. My pleasure. All right, so let's get right to it. Uh, Michael, Men love to look and women love to show off. What is the relationship between male and female fantasies? Well, they they kind of go hand in glove, and that's a perfect example of what you just mentioned. Men have a fairly shallow uh, trigger system, and they're visually aroused fairly easily. You're not talking nicely about yourself. You're saying men are shallow? (laughs) <laughs> well, they're shallow when it comes to sexual arousal. Uh, they do wonderful things, and they build a majestic planet for us. Uh, but when it comes to relationship issues and sexual issues, I think men uh, uh, have, a lot to, have a lot to learn and a lot to grow into. Uh, and, and their approach is fairly superficial. And, and so they're visual, and women are, uh, enjoy a lot of their fantasies are about exhibition and about display. Uh, these these patterns emerge early in young children and uh, and stay with us for most of our of our life, but all all the many of the sexual fantasies also work in that kind of sympathetic mode. The, uh, the young males, for instance, are largely oriented towards fairly dominant kinds of fantasies, and uh, uh, and women uh, express it certainly in surveys. Uh, a lot of the submissive kinds of fantasies come up for them. I hope we have a chance today, Francesca, to talk about how these fantasies change as we age, because as we get older, these fantasies tend to blend towards each other, and and men start to get a little less dominant in their fantasies, and a little more uh, submissive elements start to emerge as well. But it does go hand in glove, and uh, this is something we see pervasively through uh, the sexual landscape. Fantasy get culminated. For example, how is it that one man wants his partner to turn over and take on the attitude of a submissive nurse, and another wants you to put on a pair of boots and start calling him names? I mean, what what makes that difference? I think that those elements are in all men. Uh, I think that they're there, but I uh, my sense is that 
uh, in younger men, it's more towards the dominant uh, kind of mm-hmm. fantasy. And as men get older, uh, part of it is hormones, really. I mean, we, uh, as men get older, their testosterone starts to fade a- away a little bit. It's usually a, a, a happy event for a lot of men because testosterone in young men can drive them to some, some serious <laughs> foolishness. Uh, but do you but, want to but, talk but, about that foolishness? I th- I can't even say it. I'm stuttering. <laughs> but as they oh, get so that's older, that's good news uh, for uh, older women that men want to be that men prefer to be dominated. Then is that what you're saying? Oh, well, my no, producer no, as, is as, shaking his head. Oh, oh. <laughs> anyway, as men get older, their fantasies tend to go off of straight domination. They get a lot less simplistic. They get a lot more nuanced. And they start to move towards submission. For a lot of men, it's kind of a curious event. They say, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought I'm the doctor and she's, and she's the patient here in this gynecological clinic. And suddenly they're, they, they're the patient and, and they're interested in a female doctor. And this is a perfectly normal p- progression. But in younger men, it usually goes pretty strong the other way. It's yeah. fairly dominant and doesn't start to shift till later. But, but even in younger men, some of them are very evolved, mm-hmm. and some of them have a full fantasy range, which encompasses both dominance and submission. To me, great sex is not meeting in the middle. Great sex is to dominate and then submit. It's to play both sides of the equation. But this sort of just antiseptic, we'll meet in the middle 50-50, I touch you here, you touch me there, mm-hmm. is kind of, to me, kind of boring and pretty, pretty vanilla. Okay, but, so can you elaborate a little bit more on that? I'd, I'd like to have our listeners really get a, a feel of what you're talking about. Uh, well, um, well, that it's either you're either submissive or you're uh, dominant, not like not meeting in the middle, like one or the other. I kind of like that idea myself. Yeah, no, I just I I mean, people do meet in the middle, and they have sort of you know uh, very comfortable, very sort of egalitarian sort of sexual approaches, but but. But to me, the, the idea is that it doesn't have to be 50-50. It can be 80-20, and then it's 20-80. In other words, uh, the fun and the excitement is to take control of another human being. We want that. We feel that. We, we have that kind of urge. On the other hand, we also want to submit. We kind of let, 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 let her take charge of my body for a change. Let her initiate. Let her uh, penetrate my body, if, if, that's what, if that's what's on the table. And... So to me, that's the more exciting sex, is to truly mm-hmm. dominate in a, in a consensual way. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, truly submit in a consensual way. It's far more interesting. It, it, it's, there's more going on. And by the way, one of the things that that does is it shows you the other side. If you're a male and you're dominant, and then, you, and then you're involved in a, in a little twist and you're submissive, you, you get to understand the other side of the equation. And when you revert back to a, a male-dominant role, your your excitement and pleasure is enhanced by the fact that you understand what's going on with the female on the other side. You know, Summer's not here yet, but I'm afraid I need to take a quick break and turn on the air conditioning. No, just kidding. Um, but <laughs> um, what I, I want to get back to here is I had asked you, um, how is it that one man wants his partner, as I said, to like turn over and take on the attitude of like a submissive nurse, and then another wants him to, you know, her to put on a pair of boots and start calling him names. I mean, what would make that? that difference is it is that um does that have anything to do with the stimulus that we were exposed to when we had our first sexual feeling uh, you know I, I, the, the honest truth is i don't know okay the ra- the range of the range of human sexual interest is incredibly wide mm-hmm. and 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 so and it may be the same guy is what i'm saying to you he he may mm-hmm. Have, mm-hmm. on one occasion find it exciting to be dominant and then he may he may want to be submissive i don't 
I don't think we've, you know, are there pure cases of men who just simply want to be dominated? Yes, absolutely. And, and are there pure cases of men who only want to be submissive? Yes. Uh, so individual taste about sexuality varies varies broadly. But, but doesn't but, the taste have something to do with, with sort of uh, uh, where that first sexual feeling came from, wouldn't you think? What, what, ha- what has first? I, I would just think that first sexual feeling would sort of drive us to our sexual fantasies. It, it's conceivable. You know, I'm not a Freudian, and who knows a little, you know, nine-year-old boy is playing with his genitals and gets smacked by his mother, and suddenly he's, <laughs> he's you know, he wants to find a dominatrix. It's entirely possible. <laughs> I don't know. That, that's that's <laughs> I, oh. the way my mind goes in that direction. I mean, what I mean by that is I, I sort of, uh, I'm not a pure Freudian, but I do tend to think along those lines. Um, Okay, then, I, let me just uh, go on to another question here, because I read that women mostly cast themselves in six roles, um, and I'll, I'll go through them. Uh, okay. the, pr- the pretty maiden, which is the obje- object of another's desire. The victim, object, obviously, of humiliation or violence, so I would assume that's the rape fantasy. The mm-hmm. wild woman, the initiator of sex, the dominatrix, you know, obviously s- exerting power over others, and the voyeur who, wants, who watches others having sex, and the beloved, who intimately connects with a lover of equal power. Um, since we're all clamoring for more information here, is there any logic to these roles, or can we only speculate? Yeah. yeah. No, I think there is logic to these roles. Uh, you know, the well-lived life is to play all the roles. Mm-hmm. The well-lived life is to play all of the Jungian archetypes. It's mm-hmm. to be the wild woman and be mm-hmm. the Madonna and be the whore uh, and, and, and have all of those in some sort of sensible balance, to my mind, is a healthy, is a healthy mind. Mm-hmm. So the things that you're talking about, all the variations, can all and should all be found in a healthy psyche. So all of those aspects, all six, are, are, I think, available to women. Maybe at a certain point in their life, one of those six is, is, is more prominent, and, and maybe at another point in life, one of the other ones is prominent. But to live all of those types, mm-hmm. to have all of those aspects to your sexuality, I think is what defines a full, healthy kind of sexuality. Michael, you uh, mentioned age um, in the beginning, and you wanted to be able to talk about that. So would any of these particular uh, roles be more played out at one age versus another? Yes. I, I don't think a 19-year-old woman is interested in being a dominatrix. I think she's uh, more submissively oriented. She senses the, uh, you know, the, the, the coital aspects of reproduction. She wants to mm-hmm. submit and, give, and, and, and be perhaps you know, ravished by the right kind of male, the male that she approves of. But, but the, the 35- or 40-year-old woman who's been around the block a little bit and has had these very experiences very much might want to say, I'd like to try the other side. Okay, how about you bending over today? Mm-hmm. So, so I think this is a, an age-oriented issue, and I think as men get older, as they get more comfortable with their sexuality, they'll start to explore other aspects. They'll see that submissive can be a whole lot of fun. Mm-hmm. They'll see mm-hmm. that, uh, that, that, that things that, that maybe in, you know, even their body changes. A 20-year-old man playing with his, with his, with his nipples, is, you're not going to get a response. He's going to shoo you away most of the time. Mm-hmm. A 50-year-old man play with his nipples, and he, you might suddenly see that he, wait a minute, there's, there's something going on there. So uh, part of it is, is, is uh, hormones, Francesca. Part of it is, you know, as we get older, males, testosterone edges off, their estrogen levels rise. I, I, don't, mean to, I don't mean to laugh in the middle of this, but my producer's got a fan going. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, usually I have a female producer for some reason. Right. She she wasn't, she didn't come in today, and now suddenly there's a male in front of me. I don't know what this is about, but anyway. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead, Michael. If so you're just anyway, tuning in, so you're yeah. listening to Talk of Francesca, and I'm speaking to Michael Gilbert, who is the author of The Disposable Man, and we're discussing fantasies, which is very exciting. I'm sorry. So right. go ahead. So, no, I very much agree. I think what comes to the... What uh, men have to get comfortable with with their with their male side first. They've got to be fairly confident in that. But once they are, as they age, as they move into their latter thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, they they begin to have a their sexual fantasies have some context. There's a storyline instead of just open available bodies. Mm-hmm. They start to see themselves in more complicated and nuanced circumstances. The edge comes off of of ejaculation and orgasm more towards a loving and enjoyable experience. And I think as women get older, they get a little tougher. Their testosterone comes up a bit, and they get a little more, you know, assertive. So this may be why... Well, that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing, no, absolutely not. And in fact, I think it's part of why couples stay together. As, As men get older, they get softer. As women get older, they get harder. And this translates as well into their sexual orientation, you know, also. They, they, uh, the, old, the, the 22-year-old woman is not a dominatrix, uh, but the 40-year-old woman could be. And that's pretty exciting if you're a 45-year-old guy. <laughs> um, Michael, do, do our fantasies reflect our, an- our anxieties? Um, for example, like the woman who really isn't sure she's maybe attractive, fantasizing maybe about having a lineup of men at her beck and call. Is there uh, any of that? You think? Absolutely, absolutely. Look, mm-hmm. uh, you know, men are for, go with porn, uh, and, and women go to romance novels. What is that romance novel? This towering, p- powerful male who comes in and sweeps them up, uh, and who simply can't resist their their lusciousness. Oh, the whole and, Cinderella complex thing. Yeah, and yeah. I think that a lot of women, a yeah. lot of women feel that way, and I think that's the essence of a lot of the rape fantasies, by the way, that yeah, women have. Yeah, okay. Let's and, and they have a lot of rape fantasies, but if you look at them real closely, it's the female who's in control, because you know she's she's with a favored male, and he simply cannot uh, contain himself, given the lusciousness and the and the sensual you know depth of of uh, the woman who's having the fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, porn is is the male romance novel. <laughs> It's shorn of all of the settings and all of the, uh, uh, you know, possibilities of, of, uh, tr- of a transcendent relationship, and it focuses in strictly on, uh, you know, on the action, gets right to it. Hi. One of the things that, if any of your listeners want to do this, is if you go to a porn review site and you look at the niches, you'll see over 100 different niches. Every conceivable facet of the female body has its own sort of, you know, category that you can then explore. And um, I think when you and I were on last time, we talked about, you know, a, a really obese women. Right. Uh, I was mass- thinking about that on the way to the station today, I, and I was I, debating whether I should even mention that or not, but <laughs> I just, that is just so gross. I mean, I just can't imagine why a guy would want to be with an, an obese woman. I mean, you know. And, and, and these are morbidly obese women. This is not, uh, you know, Rubenesque, you know, 20 pounds overweight. This is, this is hundreds of pounds overweight, and they're normal guys. They're not, they're not fat guys. They're, they're, they're normal, slender guys. So there's just no accounting sometime for, <laughs> for, for men, especially. They're all fetishists when you, when you, when you scrape below the surface, every man has a fetish of some sort. It's always it's usually something modest, like they love feet or they love breasts or or what have you. But it, it frequently isn't so modest. Sometimes it can be very bizarre, uh, as we've seen. So I am curious about the foot fetish thing. I have to yeah, admit, like what, what, I, what on earth would would possess a man to be so obsessed? With like chewing on my shoes. <laughs> well, this is this is time for me now to describe why the high heels uh, shoe is sexy. Yes, please do. And, I like high it, heels. 
it's sexy because it it first of all displays a, a woman's foot in the most uh, uh, attractive way it shows uh, it accentuates the arch the high arch it accentuates splaying out the long toes it puts her up on point with thoroughbred ankles her ankles will never look more 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 appealing. It enhances the musculature of her legs. It it shifts her her posture into a slightly more receptive kind of a posture. It puts her breasts up in male sight lines because they're three or four inches higher. And when she's out on a date in high heels, a woman in effect is is compromising herself. And and in a sense, she's leaning into the male concept of 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 uh protection a woman in heels is is hobbled i mean she's she's so uh, for all these reasons now a, a man looking at a woman in high heels shoes doesn't necessarily register any of this the only thing that's going on with him the only barometer he's got is maybe a hardening uh, a penis <laughs> but the but but the reality is he's reacting to that we don't do glamour shots in sandals you'll never you'll never see a glamour shot they're always in high heels for the for these kinds of reasons and that's, in a sense, why they're appealing, but it's a very basic appeal. Why is a high, high arch and long toes attractive? Because out on the savanna and the jungles, it meant you could pivot and get away from danger while a child clings to you and, and, and save yourself. So these, these, are, you know, these go down a very basic kind of biological and, and evolutionary kinds of thoughts, but that's, that's why the high heel shoe is sexy. I personally rank it number three behind the fire and the wheel in terms of mankind's greatest inventions. <laughs> um, <laughs> Michael, it, is it true that powerful men fantasize about relinquishing power and being dominated? Cause there Absolutely. Because there, there were some studies that show that men are actually more aroused than women by fantasies of being restrained, um, dominated, and spanked. This is what we were talking about before. Right. As men right. age and mm -hmm. the testosterone eases off, mm -hmm. uh, some of them, some of them are... are are dying for this. If you talk to sex, female sex providers, there's a whole industry oh, yeah. in, 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 uh, in you know, uh, handling men in, a, in, in that harsh way and, mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah. uh, and, and penetrating them. And, and there's classic stories of these great titans of industry mm -hmm. uh, who want to be riding, you know, with a piggyback, you know, with a female on top of them, beating them, you know, beating them with a lash. It, it, it's, it's, it's a desire to see that other side, and it is something that, again, I don't think you're going to see in the 22-year-old guy, mm -hmm. but in a 50-year-old man, and, and, even, and, and the extent of his power actually works in the, in the opposite direction. He simply wants to relinquish that and, and, and experience the other side of sexuality. We have a desire to dominate and to be dominated sexually, <laughs> and, and, and it, that, that domination in a male comes up as he ages a lot more. In a female, it's part of the initial condition, but her sense of wanting to sort of control things also increases as she gets older. Fantastic. Michael, you know what? I actually have some questions for my website. Um, I just have one more question from me, and then I'll see how many I can squeeze in um, before okay. we take our break. Um, but what I'm curious about is why is it that people are, are ashamed of their fantasies? Uh, you know, I mean, I would think there's a certain, that a certain amount of fantasy is not only healthy, um, you know, but with a ready and willing partner, a great way to keep the chemistry going in a, an extended no, relationship. There's no question. This, I put this down really to a large measure of this is our, our you know, religious upbringing. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, we're, we're born with us, we're, we're raised often with a sense of guilt and shame Damn around these church. issues. 
<laughs> a church and a temple. And, and the notion is that, uh, you know, that it's something shameful and you should only do it when it's procreative. And, and, right. uh, and, and, but we all have these fantasies. In fact, almost all of us have fairly strange fantasies. And, and, and I can understand where somebody might not want to get up at a party and say, you know, I'm a 60-year-old male and I want somebody to, you know, uh, have anal sex with me. I'm going to be receptive. Yeah. I, I, I don't think you're going to hear that at the yeah, cocktail no. party. Uh, but, but, but but you're right, and I think in a healthy society, we ought to be able to reasonably uh, uh, reveal those fantasies, especially when we get into a relationship where we can realize them. What we want for these fantasies is a safe festival. We want to be in the room with adults who are there by consent. And as long as nobody's getting hurt or damaged, you know, pretty much anything's okay as long as the people are there and there willingly. Well, just to add to it, I mean, sex is really the most intimate human experience there is. I mean, mm-hmm. and it's also a real conflict because we're always trying to avoid that vulnerability, you know, and right. which, you know, leaves us detached, you know. And so there's always that sort of balancing act of trust trust versus risk would you say you just put your finger on the key i think to female fantasy and that is trust trust exactly i, I think if a woman a woman has to trust the circumstance she mm-hmm. has to feel that she's in a, that in the morning that, that, that she's going to still be you know regarded for the woman that she is right. and this is one of the reasons why men should they love neurotic women because they think the sex is going to be weird and it isn't the sex is going to because neurotic women in my experience can't let go in, and, and, and enter into the fantasy because they're concerned about how they're going to be thought of in the morning. Whereas right. the quiet woman who's confident and comfortable and in a trusting relationship, that's when men are going to get the best sex. Trust is critical Trust for women. Trust is critical, exactly. Um, I have, I have, I've got uh, my producers telling me two minutes left, so I want to just get to it, uh, see if I can get to two questions, but we'll see. Um, okay. Madison from Plymouth wants to know, can you tell me if it's normal to have a rape fantasy? It's strange, but, oh, I think you mentioned this. It's strange, but I am the one in control because I always have my rapist fall in love with me. Can you tell me what that means? Right. Well, the rape fantasies are consensual. Mm-hmm. And the woman is in control. It's the guy that's out of control. And it's usually a, it's usually a, a man they know, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and it's a consensual arrangement. They understand it's going to be a, a little bit rape-oriented or rough, but she's in control. It's her steaming sexuality that drives him to it. She's controlling the action, actually. And that's a very typical rape fantasy. It's consensual. And the background is that, that everybody knows this is going to happen, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. I have time for just one more question, Michael. Unfortunately, um, I'd love to be able to go on and on, but I just have a minute left. So here, Deirdre from Newburyport, is it true that men think about sex more frequently than women and are more aroused by their thoughts? See, I realize that their fantasies are unburdened by emotions and triggered by the visual, but I'm curious about whether there can ever be an emotional element playing out. Okay. First of all, men have twice as many fantasies as women, whether they're awake or asleep. And this also continues into, into old age. Even seniors, 60-year-old men, have twice, about twice as many fantasies. Think about sex uh, tw- twice as often. Uh, the second part of her, her question was, uh, um, can you are they repeat unburdened? that? Or? Says, uh, I realize that the fantasies are unburdened by emotions and triggered by the visual. Oh, right. I'm curious well, whether there can ever no be an emotional is, element playing out. Listen, the ideal sex for a man is to not only just have sex, but have sex and love. And sex in the context of a loving relationship is, I think, the best in the world, and that's where trust comes out in the women and, and the men. Okay. Yes, men 
definitely attach emotion to sexuality, but that's not what you're going to get from a 22-year-old. Right, exactly. As men mature, I think they, they draw a wider, more contextual aspect to, to their sex. So much time, so little time, so much to talk about. Michael Gilf <laughs> Gilbert, author of The Disposable Male, thanks for sharing with us today. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure. Thank okay. you. All right. Up next, our love affair with alcohol, why women drink too much, and what we can do about it. Be right back. Don't go away.